Hello, everyone. I'm Trent Luce. Welcome to another edition of Rural Route, the program where we gather every day at this time, Monday through Friday anyway. And what we do when we gather is continue to address the issues between food producers and food consumers. Hank Vogler checking in on yet another Monday, the last Monday of November. What's going on, Hank? Well, I hate to say it, but I'm madder than Jesse Jackson in the airport being asked to pick up the white phone. I'll tell you what, I am. You've already got your your, your first protest as a county commissioner or what? (laughs) No, no, I get sworn in on the the 4th and sworn out on the 5th. I still got a month to go, January. No, what do you mean you no. got a month to go? December 4th is this week. No, no. January 4th is where Oh, January 4th. Okay, that makes more sense. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, anyhow, we went through the process of bringing our cattle home from Jackpot, San Jacinto. Had all the gates closed, all the fences fixed, everything ready to go. Dump the cows out. Next thing you know, there are two fields to the north. Some of them even were out of that field and out on the highway going to Wendover. My dear friends, the advocates for the um, feral horses absolutely cut fences, took the entire gate in several places. No. Hooked a chain and, oh yeah. Hooked a chain around the fence and drug it down. So I ask the range con, is there any chance we could get somebody up there to look at this? You were too busy when Southern Nevada Water Authority and their manager left my hired man stranded in the cistern uh, and poked holes in the line, tore out sheep troughs and everything. You were too busy for that. Any chance you could be a little less busy and go look at this? This is this is destruction of federal property. Had I have done that, uh, I would be sitting there with those January 6th folks waiting for a trial in solitary confinement. Yeah. I mean, it's ridiculous. No response. Not a word. He probably told so, him how to do it. Wouldn't be surprised, have no idea. All I know is I have been fixing fence. We got the fence about, by tomorrow, we'll have all the fence back up, all the cattle in the south. I mean, it just costs us money, time, money, everything to do this. I mean, it's just, it's just off of the wall. It's just not right. So anyhow. Okay, I'm through being mad. Uh, yeah, it, well, it's a, f- a federal offense. They can't do that. I know it's a federal offense, and it's against the law, too. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. Boy, you walked into that one. I'll tell you what now. I ain't kidding you. I ain't kidding you. I said it's a federal <laughs> offense, not a federal fence. Oh, 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 oh excuse, excuse me. Excuse me. I, I didn't hear you right. Old, old ears. Is that a four-wire or three-wire barbed wire? 
Four wires. And Four some wires. of that fence has been there for years and years and years, too. Oh, they even took some of the steel posts. Now, you can't say, well, it was just some antelope hunter that didn't want to find a gate and just cut the fence. Okay. Uh, posts are 16 feet apart. If you cut the wire between one post or at one post, you could go retrieve your game and, and, and leave and be a junk hunter. But when you take out five posts, 16 feet apart with the gaps, we're looking at 100 feet plus. Wasn't, that wasn't even good enough. Took the wire and laid it back so the feral horses didn't get their little hoovies cut. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, I, go ahead and tell me that the Martians did it or or or, or uh, somebody else trying to have open range again. I mean, just... <laughs> well, Goodness I'm looking sense. at it on the bright side. You had a green horse that now has some miles and a wet saddle blanket under him, so you got a horse that's in better shape. Little buddy sees me coming, and he runs to the other end of the crowd and hangs his head down, holds one <laughs> one hoof up like he's got a broken leg. <laughs> he don't want to play no more. <laughs> <laughs> He's got you figured out. No I mean, kidding. seriously, th this took a lot of time. Somebody had to have seen this. The, 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 this didn't just happen in like 30 minutes with all the destruction you described. Oh, no, no, no. They, they had, there was a, it was a, it had to be an effort by more than one person. And, and, and uh, it had to probably over a couple of days. Yeah. So we left San Francisco the 14th, so they had some time to do it. But they did it before the the snow came, so they had to do it about the time. I guess the thing of it that bothers you the worst is you start thinking, you know, how did they know we were coming home? I, they must have seen us closing gates, fixing gates, getting everything ready. Mm -hmm. So. Well, yeah, I'm sure they did. It's the real thing. Or they listen to this program when you were talking about we're going to get the cows home. There you go. One of our <laughs> fans. Thank you. I'm just, really, really I'm just saying it. that's a distinct hugs possibility. Kisses, hugs and kisses. <laughs> it's not like you're hiding anything. No. But I mean, you know, the argument has been going on since 1971. What? And and there's lots of other places. There's still way too many horses out there. Uh, there's they could gather a thousand tomorrow and wouldn't make a dent in them. So again, you know, it's just <laughs> it's but, just the uh, ordinariness. Hank, we're we're laughing off the fact that they spent hours destroying federal property. Yep. It, if if you were to put down a horse that was in dire straits and suffering pain because it got in a fight with another stud and it was laying out there with a broken leg and it, it, it come to light that you actually did the right thing and put it down, you'd go to prison. Yeah. Here are these people, whoever these people are, uh, went to great lengths to destroy federal property, a federal fence. It's illegal. It's a felony. And nobody cares. That's right. 
Well, and nobody cares if you are of the aristocracy. I mean, <laughs> Leo was in the tank. They took his ladder. <laughs> so I don't the know. This, rest I, I, we never talked about this. What What's the rest of this story? Well, we fill up the. There's a storage tank at the Glencoe Well. We fill it up with water so we can fill the water trucks out of it because it's not a very strong well. So you kind of have to stay ahead of it. Well, it's old and it's rusty. And we bit the bullet, climbed inside uh, a ladder, an uh, aluminum ladder on the inside and a wood ladder on the outside and was plugging the hole so it wouldn't leak water. So it hold, you know, wouldn't take so long to fill it up. This is the same place that mysteriously generator uh, somebody took the bed plug bed pan plug out of it or the the motor's pan plug and while it was running and all the oil ran out of course and uh, put a huge hole in the side of the block can't prove that one either but there's probably not five people on earth that even know where that well is at. And, and anyhow, come by and introduce themselves. So, I mean, call the BLN police. Crickets, nothing. I mean, they tore out the sheep troughs. <laughs> probably 100 feet long. Maybe, maybe not, maybe 50. And they're just gone. No, they weren't brand new. They weren't beautiful, but they were adequate. They worked mm. every year, and well, they just took them. And it's more okay. importantly, it's okay more importantly, they, they were not theirs. That's a violation. Roll route. Hank, well, welcome to yeah, Loose. Hank's coming to us from White Pine County, Nevada. We'll be back with more after this. Now, let's take a moment and talk about certified Piedmontese and an opportunity it creates for you, the cattleman. But also check out to the products itself. Just do any search. I'm telling you, the social media networking, the website is fantastic with information about why certified Piedmontese is a great option for the consumer. Go to certifiedpiedmontese.com. If you're a Great Plains cattleman and you'd like to be a part of this supply chain because we need somebody we can rely on going forward that's going to get us paid properly. That's what you need to go to LoneCreekCattleCo.com for. It's all about the certified Piedmontese Advantage. Welcome back. Roll route, Trent Loose alongside Hank Bogler on the last week of November. I'm confident now. Last week of November is happening. Still going to help Hank promote Cook a Lamb Day on December the 25th. Son of the Lamb of God. Yes, thank you, thank you. Yes, you can't. I I went and got my hogs. My my friend's name is Hank. Also, so when we talk, it's kind of stereo Hank. Anyhow, uh, he, uh, I was telling him, I said, you know, the Lamb guys just absolutely dropped the ball years and years ago because we were talking about he's been butchering a lot of these. Uh, roasting pigs. And in fact, he said he had 20 of them that he processed for the Thanksgiving holiday. And by the way, we had lamb for the holiday. And 
we had some friends that had just escaped from Shanghai. I guess that place is just absolutely coming apart over the lockups. I guess they had some little kids locked up in the, one of the apartment houses. They wouldn't let them out because of COVID restrictions, and it caught on fire and killed a bunch of little kids. Oh, my goodness. Well, anyhow, that was the... Yes, that was a hot topic. And they just got out and are in America now. But anyhow, I was talking to Hank and, he, and I said uh, how the sheep guys really dropped the ball uh, for both Christmas and Easter. Because after all, I mean, what, what are you talking about? Ham at Christmas, ham at Easter? Christ was Jewish. <laughs> they didn't eat that. So I mean, what were the what were the sheep guys thinking? So he thought that's pretty funny, but I didn't. But yeah, well, I mean, I can't do nothing about it. It may be funny, but yeah. it's true. <laughs> yeah. The, this, but back to this roaster pig thing. Uh, this is real. This is like the new the new wave for us here at the the Team Loose Ranch. Well, I think it's great. It's just like. Well, look what's happening to the lamb guys. These uh, my friends got lambs on feet in South Dakota, and when they reach 145 pounds, uh, they're cutting their head off. But they're having a heck of a time over across the street in Colorado. That if you haven't got those lambs on that schedule, you got to continue to feed them the high price feed corn and everything because they can't get a move they can't get a hook in them it's just a mess but then along comes the muslim trade and the hispanic trade they don't want a hundred pound carcass they want a 45 50 pound carcass yeah that's what they're used to having and and just like my wife and her family the the lamb i butchered to take down to uh uh Las Vegas and her friend I told you that last time I never heard of such a thing but her friend is from a, a, a sub sect in China that does not eat pork and that's they, weird and they wanted a yeah uh, would that be the Uyghur are the Uyghurs Muslims maybe she was a Uyghur I didn't ask her I don't know but but they don't eat pork so they had lamb so anyhow it's just uh the people that had basically a monopoly on the number, they knew how many lambs were out there, and then throw in the fact that the Australian dollar is about 64 cents. When you mm -hmm. and I were down there, it was like 98. They bring in two lambs for one, but they're bringing in the lambs that weigh 90 pounds. Yeah. They're not alive. They're not bringing in 200 pound lambs, which are no longer lambs in anybody's book. But the I, I, I don't understand why the U.S. can't get this straightened out. It's the same companies in Australia that it is in the U.S. that are doing the same thing. We met the guy from Superior Farms in downtown Adelaide. Yes, sir. He's he still with Superior Farms. But yeah, uh, whatever it is, they they just. Uh, you know, and you would think with the price of the corn and everything like that, that, even beef cattle, look what they've done with beef cattle. My goodness sakes, they've got those things up to almost thousand pound carcasses. Yeah. 
Yeah, it used to be if you had a 950-pound carcass, you're getting a you're getting a major dinging. Yeah, but uh, you know, I, I'll I'll go along with it. I mean, uh, there's a market out there for it, and those crossbred lambs and Suffolk lambs, different framey, uh, coarse wool larger framed lambs they can they can put on more weight and still be a nice carcass but you know like my lambs they they don't want they don't want to do that and here's another wrinkle my friend who's got his lambs on in south dakota got got a call and i'm sure it's a muslim deal because muslims they're supposed to be intact males you're not even supposed to cut their tails off but they want white face weather lambs so Anyhow, and they wanted two truckloads of them. You said weather, and they're going to pay a premium for them. Yeah, weather lambs. Yeah, that's that's weird. The Muslim trade, they can't. They're not use ewe lambs, and I don't suppose right. anybody has two truckloads of buck lambs with yeah. long tails. So they kind of had to compromise a little bit, I suppose. Oh, so they decided to go with what they could get. Where so where do they process those? Uh they were to go east. Uh they evidently a smaller plant that, that, that evidently is controlled by them. Minnesota or some place like that. They've got lots and lots of pretty good uh Muslim population there. So Anyhow, yeah, but I don't know where they would process two hundred lambs in Minnesota. Well, we're the way we're talking about two truckloads. It'd be about a thousand lambs. Oh, but who knows? Maybe they're maybe they're going to have them uh, hung up by one of the more traditional plants, plants, and then take the carcasses. I don't know. Isn't there? What's the one? Wolverine is back there somewhere. Yeah, it's in Michigan, Detroit. Oh, okay. Well, maybe that's where they were headed. And they're, oh, okay. Uh, that contract. makes sense then. Yeah. Yeah, that's not Minnesota. Nobody in Minnesota wants to be confused with a Wolverine. I'm here to tell you. <laughs> Sorry about that, folks. <laughs> so, yeah, there is still a plant have- in, Min- in Detroit that... Um, is processing lambs, but they're hard to find. Okay. Anything, anything yeah. this side of the Rocky Mountains is just hard to find. Well, there's one in Dixon, California, Superior Farms. Yeah. That I know of, and there's one in Texas, and then I think there's one, or maybe, and they've opened, tried to open another one in Colorado. So there might be two plants in Colorado. The, the one in Brush is open. They're not doing any further processing, as I understand. But then there's one in Denver. Okay. Well, anyhow. But, I mean, uh, and that, again, that is a glimpse of like the future the, of all meat production if we're not careful. You just simply don't have the infrastructure to take a live animal and get it processed and further processed. That's the challenge. Well, well, and uh, what do you do? Like Hank told me, I said, what do you do with the 
stomach in the entrails. And he said, well, it's just more trouble. He says, I just put them in the garbage. And I said, well, uh, I was had to specifically get him to uh, provide me with the, with the stomachs and everything because that, that's what that's what they wanted. So mm-hmm. anyhow. But it's all it's all part of the program. I mean, uh, <laughs> it, it is so hard to get your arms around the fact that there are people that think that the answer to the population of the world and the resources of the world is to starve people to death. But I'm more and more thinking that that's what they're trying to do. 90% of this earth is conducive to livestock grazing. I don't know (laughs) what's going on with that, but we'll find out when we get back with the next half of Roll Route. Hank Vogler, Trent Luce, more after this. And one of those avenues, without a doubt, that they want to continue to cripple the infrastructure of a population is energy. Coal has been a reliable source since day one. We do a reclamation program in these coal strips where you put it back the way that it was. You look at the Department of Energy talking about the reduction in emissions coming from coal-fired power plants, you wonder... What are we creating, a sterile atmosphere? What are, what are the dangers of taking too many nutrients out of the atmosphere? Here's what we know. Coal continues to take care of the job at hand. Take a resource and convert it into electricity. Full details about that at Lignite.com. Set the alarm off on my pickup. Are you at home? Yeah. Back in three, two, one. Welcome back. Roll route, Trent Lewis alongside Hank Bogler. I'm going to correct you a bit. It is 75% of the Earth's surface is not conducive to growing crops that will feed people, but will feed ruminant animals. Not 90. You missed it by 15. I miss a chicken by five pounds, you know. Yeah, I know. I don't know. Chicken last year was four point seven. Water, in case you don't know, if you had water, there's lots of deserts on this earth, and formerly were inhabited and were grasslands. A lot of them. So the earth has been changing for a few millennium. But uh, with water, just think if you had Canada's water, how much of that could be used all through the center of the United States down into Texas on into Mexico, rather than running off into the uh, North Pole. So, My water yeah, situation here still, in the Central Great Plains is getting close to being in uh, White Pine County, Nevada. Yeah, and that's no fun. Because you know, the, there are a gazillion excuses why the metropolises should get the water other than the fact that eventually you don't get to eat because you don't have any production or or and that's not the way it's going to work and i guess that's what these people are saying that they're going to be the ones that survive because 
they're in the hierarchy. They can afford to eat. It'll be us great unwashed. It'll be the the poor people that they always claim that they represent. They'll be the ones that wind up starving. Yeah. I mean, it's just I never. It's the thickest thing I've ever imagined could human beings would do to another human being. But I'm starting to believe that's exactly what they want to do. That's their only solution. So, gosh. So we have the know. resources to feed people, but Hank. We, but just think about what it is that the obstacles that you have to overcome to simply try to take care of livestock that produces food to feed people on land owned by the federal government that they, they should want you to manage it properly to produce the most. I remember back when you and I did the calculations and if we just used all AUMs for for cattle and for beef production, we should generate 110 million protein meals a year annually on federal lands. But because of what we have, yeah. what you what you have to overcome, just on the federal land, I'm not talking about what's happening on deeded property anywhere in the USA. I'm just talking about what you have to overcome as a federal lands rancher. We're at about 30% of what it should be. Yeah. Well, and then, I mean, what reason on this earth do we need to bring back grizzly bears? There's plenty of grizzly bears. Canada, they hunt them. Now we bring back these large predators. Well, that does two things. That certainly keeps the, the backpackers looking over their shoulder and maybe wanting to take some other habit up, like uh, staying home as to taking a chance with that. You know, when you go to Canada and you harvest something, the first thing they do is tie ribbons on the tree all the way around in case somebody else comes along and if a grizzly bear finds that first he's going to get in there and lay on it until it rots and it's his and if you walk up to where that carcass is at you're going to get scratched and probably thrown on the pile with the animal that you harvested so again uh, it makes no sense coyotes are taking their toll and I mean, it's like if you have a store and people come in and have one of those just smashing grabs and just walk out of the store, but they do it continually, you're not going to be in business. I mean, all of these things are anti-business. No, you'll never eliminate all the predators, but allowing them to continue to get more and more and more of them. And wolves and all of those things like that. I mean, you you just can't believe that you're on the same planet as you were 50 years ago. Yeah, there are many people that explain this plan has been in effect for 150 years, let alone 50 years ago. Well, I just, I mean, wow. I mean, it, it's going to make what Adolf Hitler and Joe Stalin and Mao Zedong mm -hmm. look like children playing. I mean, it's just, I, I don't know. It's just crazy. No, on other days, we've been talking about for a long time that the world's population is 8 billion. 
and yet there are people that think it should be two billion. So everything that has been taking place is just a step towards depopulation to get back to two billion. Oh, and by the way, there are individuals like Klaus Schwab who have said, and those two billion should be people from Asian descent because they are more compliant with leadership than those in the Western world. Well, Klaus, you better watch the television tonight on the news. Those people that I saw in Shanghai and Beijing uh, were taunting the police rather briskly, so to speak. I mean, it looks like Tiananmen Square on steroids. Yeah, they're compliant. The old people were because everybody saw their neighbors get slaughtered or starved to death. And so they bowed their heads and, and, and got along. Then this gentleman named Dong Xiaoping came along, let the genie out of the bottle. The people under 30 years of age over there, they don't believe in that crap. They like that capitalism. They like the fruits of their labor, working hard and getting something and getting capitalistic goods. Not everything the same, not everybody getting one can of beans. They, they're, they're not the same culture as they were darn sure uh, 50 years ago, guarantee it, even 30 years ago. It's been said that if you want to start a revolution, you just need to get in the young people engaged. They'll make it happen. And that's what you just described. I think so. Our young people have been twisted into thinking that the, uh, socialism's the way to go. So isn't that an irony? Those people, since 1949, 73 years, have been pushed down, 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 down. And now they want to have a change. And it looks like, the, you know, I don't think it's going to happen overnight, but there could be a change. Uh, look at the people in Iran. They're in the streets. I mean, overbearing government becomes overbearing government and eventually your life means nothing when you're pushed to the brink and if they'd have guns it would have happened a long time ago that's the only reason that we haven't become such a complete totalitarian system here there's people that are armed we have the largest army in the world if you take every, all the hunters that have weapons so you know and 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 who bangs on it the most uncle joe pinocchio joe he's oh we got to do this we got to do that got to get the guns you bet that's all we need to do free speech is gone the the google and twitter and maybe twitter will survive but they're all working hard to take that away from us so i mean <laughs> It's a pretty crazy world, but, you know, what you can do is just keep going. Well, you actually put it in a very interesting context when you talk about the 25-year-old in China has had a taste of capitalism, and they're not going to stand by and let this happen, whereas the 25-year-old in the United States, they're thinking that socialism and even communism sounds like a great way to go. I mean, the government's going to pay for everything. Count me in. That in itself is a huge story when you really think about the dichotomy that's developing there, but that's exactly where we're at. 
Yep. And uh, and the oppressive ayatollahs in Iran and different places are pushing down on those people, and and the electronic gear that's out there allows them to see how other people live, and they don't want it. There's another way to be, and that's what's going on. It looks like to me. Yeah, absolutely. Well, all we can do is take care of ourselves, our community, and our family on a daily basis, and that's pretty much the theme every day of this program. Well, <laughs> and be very careful what you say in your pickup. What happened now? <laughs> Well, we've been having diesel trouble because we didn't use diesel fast enough this summer. Uh, we buy it by the truckload. And so we had summer diesel and we had eight below zero. So everything kind of gelled up. Well, anyhow, I got the additive in there to get my truck started. But the little symbol of something's wrong with the engine light was on. So I called the Ford dealership. And he said, just a minute, I'll get back to you. Well, the pickup was sitting in front of my house. The Ford dealership is 162 miles away. Calls me back. He goes, Hank, uh, I just talked to your pickup. (laughs) (laughs) And I said, oh, yeah? Did he? Did he, was he griping about me getting stuck and driving too fast and hitting that rock the other day? What the heck is he going to do? Quit? <laughs> uh, he said, uh, if you'll unhook my battery, let it set for about five minutes, it'll come back on. It'll go off. It, the computer can't reset unless you drive to Elko. So <laughs> I dutifully went out, unhooked the positive side of both batteries. Sure enough, hooked it back up, the light went out. <laughs> but he taught he had communication with my pickup from Elko, Nevada to my backyard, front yard. <laughs> he could have done that from That's Shanghai, you know. It wouldn't have mattered if he was 160 miles or 4,000 miles. Rural route, Hank Vogler, one segment left. We'll do it after this. I'm assuming. Let's talk about capturing the harvest. Protect the Harvest is an, a nonprofit organization that really needs your assistance. 20 bucks. I mean, everything costs money. And in order for us to continue to empower people at the level that we need to take this country back, we need to help. Get details about your help at protecttheharvest.com. Welcome back. All route, Trent Luce alongside Hank Vogler. It seems as though you've got a new level of awareness of what's been going on with this global reset. Where did you get this? Uh, just it just, uh, but well, for several years, my wife never had nothing to say, and then some of her family got their business taken away from them. Because somebody said that they were not as cooperative as they should be, things mm-hmm. like that, and then just observing, observing the the 
ebb and flow. I was over there three different times, and it just seemed like that those people reminded me of the United States in the 50s and the early 60s. They were goal-oriented. They, I mean, they Charlie Hustle. They were doing stuff. And then you see this stuff on the news and everything, and then uh, Jing Jinping, he, he lined up for life, things like that. And then, uh, of course, I was in 1979 uh, when uh, the Shah of Iran, when the, when the radical Muslims took over and they had those 50-some people from the embassy in, in America, you know, and then just stuff like that. It's just everything's just kind of going in a circle, coming right back. So, well, we've and known for you, quite some time that life is cyclical. Well, yeah, and then you hear on the news all the time about these different uh, instant communications uh, that I don't know, Twitter, tweet, Google. Bing, all these different things, we're oppressing or suppressing news so that it would be after the election when when Pinocchio Joe got elected. And you go, ah, you know, that's just sour apples, they're just sore heads. And then it all comes true. And you kind of go, whoa, this, this is pretty devious. And then this <laughs> FTX or whatever it is, that's a dandy. Or F, F, is it FXT? FTX. Anyhow, he gets $35 million. Uh, I mean, and I don't know what the answer to that is. You should be able, you know, George Soros gives a bucket load of money. Not to help America, it doesn't sound like, but to hurt it. To, to, you know, and if you're an inside player, why would you bribe a, a Republican? They don't have any power. You, 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 no matter what, how goofy your cause is, celeb, you pack your sack full of money and you go buy you some Democrats. They were in charge for about 40, 50 years all my life. A couple of little blips on the screen, but they soon wiped them out. You got people in the government that those are the people that need to have term limits. They get embedded in there and they get to be a little click. And, and, uh, Little each each little guy, he's got his little realm, and uh, you want to get anything done, you gotta, you gotta go through them. You gotta, you know, it's <laughs> you gotta know which palm to grease. So it's it just, I don't know. I I just think we gotta do something, or it's going to be done. And I'm not so sure that the people in America haven't just gone completely asleep. No, they have, and they just respond to what they hear without thinking about it. They have no critical thought whatsoever. But you are part of the solution because you just ran for the White Pine County Commission, and you got it. And the answer, the total answer, revolves around what people do at the local level. We have to keep the federal government and even the state government at bay by being more active at the local level, and that is the county level. You've taken the first step on being part of the solution. I've been sitting out at the mailbox for three days and nobody's brought me any sack of money, the boogers. <laughs> yeah, well, I got Wouldn't news for you. I'm not going to bring it to you because you've made it very well, clear uh, no, that you're on the other side of that situation. 
<laughs> yeah, they know better than that. But yeah, I mean, I don't need any favors. And I've already had some people call me up and kind of stroke me a little bit. And and uh, one of them called me up on a project that I I said, you know what? Here's the way it is I'm at the Needmore. If one drop of water is taken away from my farmers in Steptoe Valley because of your project, I promise you, I will be get the purple slobbers and I will be on your case day and night. I don't think he liked that. I think he thought he could schmooze me because, you know, sheep herders, ranchers and country people are all bumpkins. You know that. Didn't yeah, you? you're simpletons. <laughs> well, there are tremendous, um, I mean, billions and billions of dollars available now to all of these alternative energy sources. And there are deadlines that are happening. Even one, there's one today I saw with the Department of Energy. And that's why there's such a push for solar, such a push for uh, the the uh, wind turbines that we say take in place, such a push for the crypto mining. All of that is coming about because these subsidy dollars are being funneled into these alternative energy substitutes. We got to put our foot down. We got to stop letting these happen. That's me smoozing well, up to the White Pine County Commissioner saying, you can't let them happen in your county. Well, well, when I drive down to see my wife in Las Vegas, you go over the little hill called Apex. It's about 4,000 feet lower than it is here. And you look out across that valley, it's just wall-to-wall houses. And there's just a, a haze. Dan Knight, I, I don't know that I... In the last two or three years, I've ever been able to look across that valley. Now, if you're, they got huge solar fields down there, and maybe that's the highest and best use of some of that desert. I'm not sure how cost effective it is. I've seen lots of articles on the poor little kids in Africa and different places that are mining cobalt to make those things. But if you're driving 10 miles to work, 10 miles back, go to the grocery store, another 10 miles. And that's your 30 miles a day, and you plug that thing in or whatever you do. No, you're not going to be able to drive up here to the Needmore. But maybe that place wouldn't be so polluted looking. I mean, I I can only think of one thing. It is just dust and smoke and and pollution. But you can't, the, the air is not clear. I can because the air is so clean up here, I can feel it when I go down there. So I can understand having an electric car or something like that. But as far as I'm concerned, the young gentleman that just escaped from Shanghai, he's an electrical engineer. And our discussion was the use of hydrogen. And he said that there's a car company right now that's using hydrogen and the byproduct of hydrogen not completely burning and it's the most abundant element on the earth is water vapor so anyhow if they get a handle on that that is going to put this battery deal and this generation out of business so there's always change i mean we spend a lot of time with a horse and a buggy Made Studebaker wagons. Then one day we made Studebaker cars. 
Now we don't make Studebaker cars. But if they ever get that a handle on efficiently using hydrogen, there's a lot of things that will absolutely come around. But if you are a large oil company, I'm pretty sure you want to get in on that on the ground floor uh, rather than let somebody else come up with it. But he he's a young guy, he just graduated, just got his first job. He's on his way to San Jose. Uh, he's a bow hunter, wants to come out and hunt with his bow next year. And, and uh, he's going to, what do they call it, Silicon Valley as an electrical engineer. But he, he's just absolutely convinced that in a very short time, hydrogen is going to replace all of this stuff. That's assuming that the people in control want us to make progress instead of just continuing to control everything that happens. Well, that's exactly my point. Yeah. Yeah. If you're an oil company or a solar panel company or any of that, and some punk upstart comes up with a plan, I mean, if a, if a green plant with photosynthesis can grab a little hydrogen molecule away from an oxygen molecule, make a carbon chain cell wall, and put out oxygen. And if you can figure out how to do that economically, you talk about you talk about uh, no longer having to make a lot of buggy whips. I'm telling you what, or, or or iron shrinkers to to put on iron wheels on wagons. I mean that'd be very revolutionary. So yeah, you want to you want to be the one that brings that to market. <laughs> well, I'm telling you that this hydrogen thing has been identified a long time ago and we haven't gotten there because the people in control don't want us to let us let that happen. But they let the hydrogen put the spaceships up because of its efficiency and and the amount of energy it creates. All those are hydrogen, liquid hydrogen. Those tanks on those rockets, that's hydrogen and oxygen. So, yeah, no, no question about it. But you talk about a revolution. That, that's one of China's biggest problem. They don't have any oil. Why yeah. do you think they're building those islands down into South China Sea, they want to get down in there where there's oil. You know, in uh, what Indonesia, I think, has quite a bit of oil, and in several of those places down there are big oil producers. But China does not have very much oil. They have coal. They're going to build 200 coal plants. <laughs> See any hypocrisy there, Mr. Luce? Nope, none at all. We're we're gonna. We're going to shut ours down, we're, and they're building them putting, left and right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And with that, we have successfully journeyed down the road connecting rural and urban America for Hank Bogler. I'm Trent Luce, both of us reminding you that all roads do lead to a rural route. And finally, today, I want to remind you about the heroes amongst us. We want to say thank you, pay tribute, and give honor to those individuals at thewallofhonor.org. 
I envision the day when every public establishment will have a monitor with a little box that has a scrolling tribute to those individuals who've been there, done that. We need to focus on the people and the people that have been a part of the United States military and the first responders need to be said they need to know we appreciate them or their families need to know in case they're not here. Thewallofhonor.org, it all comes together.